My name is Kitty Hudson Colley. I'm so glad to be here with you this morning to share a journey that I've been on this last year with beauty. Pastor Kelly, thank you. This image is a stained glass mosaic that was made by my cousin Scott. He chose it, I chose it for this morning because it has many squares of glass that are each unique, like us. And when the light streams through it, the whole becomes more than any of the squares could be on their own. Please pray with me. God of grace, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Recently, my son Evan and I went out on an impromptu photo shoot. We drove due west about 10 minutes, and standing just a few feet from each other, we took pictures with the same camera. As we drove home, I wondered, how would we know who took which picture? <laughs> who was going to get credit? Um, okay, and Evan, who had already looked through the shots, laughed and said, It'll be easy. I took pictures of the land. You took pictures of the clouds. So we'd been in the same place at the same time with the same camera, a shared experience, but our takeaways were surprisingly different perspectives. He was grounded and balanced, as Dick Dow was quick to point out to me, <laughs> and I had my head in the clouds, which Dick was also quick to point out. <laughs> in this church, one thing I have learned is that people have different perspectives about many things, including how we see God. While I have my own perspective about God that evolved from my, my temperament, my family upbringing, and my life experiences. Through conversation in our church's small groups, I have come to value others' perspectives of God, too. Added to my own, they have given increasing dimension to how I see God. It's like turning a kaleidoscope. Names for God reflect how we see God. Heavenly Father, Mother God, Lord Jesus, Creator, the Light. Each name has meaning behind it. Let's pull, oopsie, let's pull a little of the meaning and complexity from the Light. There's a lot to Light. A candle's flame shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overwhelm it. Prisms show us that light is made of many different wavelengths, and each wavelength corresponds to a different color. Light interacts with the world and brings it alive and vibrant with color. 
Light hits plants and starts a chain of events that creates food and oxygen sustaining life. An artist, my sister, Kathy, created a series of paintings that she titled The Naming God Project. This piece in the series is titled The Light. To me, it projects warmth, exuberance, boldness. My left brain searches for the letters. My right brain moves into the space between the letters. If I let go of my left side's compulsion, I can just be in the light. The light is a long-standing name of God. And again, it is just one name of God that speaks to the way that some have experienced God. There are so many names for God because there are so many ways people see God. I'd like to flip the idea of perspective for a minute and ask, how does God see us? Is it with detachment? Is it at a distance? Let's listen again to this morning's scripture that Rosa read for us. The home of God is among mortals. That's us. God himself will be with them, wiping every tear from their eyes with profound compassion. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. See, I am making all things new. What I hear is that God is close and cares about us. This is good news to me because the reality that I live with is that life is difficult, sometimes so difficult that I don't know how I am going to make it through. In this passage from Revelations, I can hear a promise of connection to me and to each one of us. I hear that I can trust that I will be comforted when things get hard. Now, I may take pictures of clouds, but I am also a very practical woman. So something I've been interested in learning about is when darkness overwhelms me, is there something in particular that I can purposely turn to that will help move me through my pain and back into serenity and hope? I spent some time with that this year with the, and with the ideas of a man called John O'Donohue in his book, Beauty. Beauty, the Invisible Embrace. It turned out that for me it was a how-to book, how to make it through the tough times. O'Donohue was a native of Ireland and a man with true Celtic imagination. He wrote about beauty and God. He wrote about the invisible embrace of God through beauty. 
If he were speaking right now, he'd, I think he'd say in his lilting voice, God is beauty. We find God in beauty. We see beauty. We see God. Now that's another twist of the kaleidoscope. We see beauty. We see God. We experience beauty. We are experiencing God. We feel alive when beauty calls us, like we feel alive when God calls us. Here are some ways beauty can call us. The beauty of landscapes. The sun, light, color. The beauty of art. The beauty of music. The beauty of silence. The voice of the poet. The beauty of dance. The movement of water and wind. The beauty of life lived fully. The beauty of laughter. For all his focus on beauty, O'Donohue was also completely grounded in the reality of this world. He says, and I quote, The times in which we live are riven with anxiety and uncertainty. In the hearts of people, a natural ease has been broken. It is astounding how this has reached deep into the heart. And the constant struggle leaves us tired and empty. When we lose sight of beauty, our struggle becomes tired and functional. When we expect and engage the beautiful, a new fluency is set free within us and between us. The heart becomes rekindled and our lives brighten with unexpected courage. It is courage that restores hope to the heart. Courage is amazing because it can tap into the heart of fear, taking that frightened energy and turning it toward initiative, creativity, action, and hope. Courage needs to be awakened within us. The encounter with the beautiful, beautiful can bring such awakening. At first, it sounds completely naive to suggest that now might be the time to invoke and awaken beauty. Yet, this is exactly the claim we need to explore. The human soul is hungry for beauty. We seek it everywhere. When we experience the beautiful, there is a sense of homecoming. The particular beauty that gives me a sense of homecoming is moving, living water. I thank my mother for this gift. She grew up on the banks of the Mississippi River. 
literally. This is her family, and that's her in the little white outfit. <laughs> She's the youngest in her family. And that is the Mississippi River behind them in their backyard in Keokuk, Iowa. When I was 10, my parents moved to Sacramento, and they bought a home on Mississippi Bar Drive. <laughs> they chose it because it held a sense of homecoming for Mom. Walking through the front door, she saw the American River, and we all saw the American River, beyond the backyard. And that's what I came home to every day. The American River imprinted its living beauty on my soul. I'd like to tell you a story uh, I haven't told anyone before. My kids were there, but I don't think you knew what was going on inside of me. So, a story new for everyone. It'll take us back to a time before I met and married my wonderful my husband, Mike, who comes with me to first service. Um, back in the day, I was married to another solid guy, David Hudson. Some of you knew David before he died in 2003. David introduced me to Yosemite, and with him I leaned into the adventure of exploring its beauty. Together we day hiked to wonderful places, like Waterwheel Falls up in Tuolumne, and the top of Nevada Falls in the valley. The park replenished both of us and fed our souls. When Lexi and Evan were young, Yosemite was our go-to destination vacation. David loved taking us on hikes to new places. I enjoyed savoring the moments. <laughs> Not that much of a hiker. <laughs> a little while after this picture was taken, things got in my life got quite difficult. Between work, money, and parenting, life felt so complicated that all I could do was buckle down and just keep going. Fortunately, one of my big strengths is how organized I am. Unfortunately, when feeling fearful, anxious, or lost, being organized can easily turn into being controlling. Don't know if anyone else knows that, but... And if you're a great organizer, imagine how controlling you can be. <laughs> my response to my fears was to distance myself from David's spontaneity and to try to contain the kid's energy. Forgive me. Instead of the old MO of relaxing into our adventures, I leaned into managing our lives. Captured in these next two pictures is how I dealt with feeling overwhelmed and out of control. This day, we drove to the top of Glacier Point and walked over to climb these rocks that look out over the valley toward Yosemite Falls. Mission accomplished, we drove back into the valley and hung out in the meadow. I brought lawn chairs. <laughs> I, let me say it again. I brought lawn chairs, yes. Uh, the day had the appearance 
of being a wonder-filled experience. But it was not spirit-filled. It's very hard to feel really alive when life has to be controlled. Fortunately for me and my wonderful family, living water caught my attention that very day. Sitting in my chair in the Yosemite Valley with David playing around with the kids, I, I gazed up at the water pouring over Upper Yosemite Falls. And I wondered out loud where the water came from. Hadn't thought of that before. Never too far from a map, David showed me that it was Yosemite Creek that was flowing over the falls. He found a trail on the map that followed the creek to the very point we were seeing from the valley. On our next trip to the park, we drove into the high country and hiked that Yosemite Creek Trail. David loved our being out hiking. The kids loved having the family energy back. And I loved going to the top of Yosemite Falls. With the beauty of the water flowing over the falls and the valley below, it was breathtaking. Beauty embraced me at the top of the falls. To use O'Donohue's words, as I engaged with the beautiful, a new fluency was set free inside me. My heart was rekindled and my life brightened with an unexpected courage that returned me to a place of hope. I think at some level, every one of us has very hard things we, were de- we are dealing with in our lives on a fairly frequent basis. I encourage you to turn to the beauty that you love as if your very life depends on it. Whatever kind of beauty calls your soul, take time for it. Let it hold you and heal you in its invisible embrace. When we take time to rest in beauty, our hearts open, our breathing slows, and we remember what is important to us. What we value comes floating back to us. We remember who we are. Returning to beauty that resonates with our soul may well be one of the most important discernment practices of our time. Turn to your favorite music. Turn to your art. Turn to nature. Turn to connecting with others. Give yourself over to your kind of beauty and let it bring you back to your true, open-hearted self. Beauty gives clarity. It awakens courage and love, which are the very gifts this world needs from us.
Now to the one who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine. Amen.